This is This Alt-Right Life with Matt Forney. Get ready, the world is changing. And a very warm welcome to you, whether you're listening in Europe, America, or anywhere in the world. I'm Matt Forney, and this is This Alt-Right Life. I'm coming to you from somewhere in Budapest, Hungary. Thank you for tuning in to this 36th episode of the program for this, the week of January 9th, 2017. On this episode of the program, I'll be talking to Daniel Freeberg. Daniel is the CEO of Arctos, uh, the largest alt-right book publisher in the world, and also the publisher of Rhinon and uh, uh, one of the founders of uh, the Swedish think tank Mootpol. Uh, he is also the author of The Real Right Returns, a handbook for the true opposition. Um, and among other things, you can uh, check out Arctos at arctos.com. Right on at runon.net, uh, mootpoll at mootpoll.nu, and you can follow him on Twitter at twitter.com slash Daniel underscore Freeberg. On this show, Daniel and I discuss Arctos's upcoming projects, the upcoming Identitarian Ideas Conference in Sweden next month. Uh, we will also be discussing uh, the uh, his, his views on the Trump presidency, the rise of the alt-right, uh, a rather amusing incident that happened at his birthday party with a, a certain leftist journalist, and a whole lot more, so stay tuned. I'd like to welcome Daniel Freeberg to This Alt-Right Life. Most of you already know who he is, but just a quick refresher for those of you who crawled out of uh, under your from underneath your rock and for some reason the first thing you did was flip on this podcast. Daniel is the CEO of Arctos, um, the largest alt-right book publisher in the world. He's also the publisher and founder of writeon.net and uh, Mootpol. Um, he is also the author of The Real Right Returns, a handbook for the true opposition. Uh, Daniel, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you for having me. Now, um, uh, I'd like to get this started uh, by uh, talking about uh, Arctos's upcoming products. Uh, last year was a the best year Arctos ever had with the publication of The Real Right Returns, many other books. Um, what plans does Arctos uh, have for the coming year? Uh, well, to, to begin with, I mean, last year was pretty, pretty awesome. It was, it was a big breakthrough. We, we sold more books in the last few months than we did uh, in the first three years, basically. And um, I expect this trend to continue. And um, um, towards that purpose, we, we are going to, to step up our game and... and uh, Make sure to invest in even more translations of uh, high-profile um, titles by, by famous authors such as Guillaume Fay and uh, Alexander Dugin, mm-hmm. and so forth. Yes, um, and um, one one of the big projects you'll be doing next month is uh, the Identitarian Ideas Nine Conference in Stockholm. You want to talk a bit more about that and what you have in store for that? Absolutely. Um, this is an annual conference that we've been within or kind of co-organizing. Um, it's a cooperation project between Arthas and, and our Scandinavian New York think tank, Mopo. Um, and this is the, the ninth um, installment of this conference, and uh, also the biggest one. We, we had we had one in October, um, which pretty much broke all previous records. Uh, we, we had a, a total of 253 guests, um, which is pretty much twice as many as we had the previous year. <laughs> so we, we can see a, a pretty rapid increase in, in interest in our conferences. And um, we expect to, to, to have at least 300 guests. Uh, 
this year. Uh, we've already sold around two, uh, 160 tickets on them. We still have like um, six, seven weeks. Together. Yeah. Um, so I, I totally expect this to be the biggest one, both in terms of uh, guests and also in terms of the number of speakers, because we, we will have, we, we have quite, quite an impressive list of, of, of uh, speakers and including some guy named Matt Forney uh, you may have heard of him yeah 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 <laughs> so that's um, yeah maybe that's the reason we, we are selling so many tickets <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm making I'm making my uh, my, my conferencing debut uh, kids so uh, you can you can uh, you can check out uh, you know you, you can you can still get tickets uh, tickets are still available for sale right obviously uh, absolutely and um if you want to get uh, tickets, you can just go to uh, arctos.com or uh, uh, multiple.mu and um, just click the link and yeah, you can, you can get your tickets. Now, the, uh, the conference isn't part of celebration of the upcoming English translation of uh, Rising from the Ruins. Do you want to take a bit, talk a bit more about that book? Uh, uh, since I imagine the English uh, language uh, listeners aren't that familiar with it. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this book because it's um, actually the, the the book debut of, of uh, an old associate and fan of mine who's been has been a central figure in the Scandinavian alternative right or new right or whatever you want to term it. Um, I, w- I would say he's the, the primary intellectual uh, within our circles in Scandinavia. And um, pe- people have been trying to, to persuade him to, to, to write a book for years. I mean, he, he's been working with us for 10 years, approximately. Uh, um, and um, finally, I managed to persuade him to, to write this book. Um, and uh, the only condition he had was that I wrote the foreword, which I already did. Um, so the Swedish edition will be coming out in February, and uh, the English edition will be coming out shortly after because we are kind of doing a, um, which is which is something we're doing quite a lot these days in Arctic. We we kind of doing a simultaneous trans- uh, translation. Um, whenever a chapter is finished, we send it to the translator and so forth. So the English edition will be out. Uh, Shortly after the Swedish one, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's basically an overview of of, uh, of the old right in the broadest possible perspective. I mean, it contains chapters about uh, Donald Trump, uh, uh, the neo reactionary movement, Casa uh, Pound, um, the identitarian movement mm-hmm. in Europe, and um, and um, of course the French New Right, and um, also some introductory. Chapters about uh, the failure of the new left and, and uh, basically about the end of the 20th century and the liberal order, mm-hmm. which we can actually see right before our, our eyes happening right now. The end of the liberal order. I mean, the election of Trump is kind of one of the milestones. In the 
I mean, we're watching it collapse everywhere. And something I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel this, Daniel, but this is something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. I assumed, like, when I sort of got into this part of the internet, this politics, you know, that we, you know, continue seeing the decline of our, our countries, our civilizations into uh, shitlib idiocy. But we've seen a major turnaround in just the, the past couple of years with Gamergate, uh, Trump, and uh, Brexit and all of that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we 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 have uh, won some quite important victories in 2016, and I fully expect that we will continue to to be victorious throughout 2017 and uh, 2018. Um, and this is, I mean, this is a trend that is pretty much unstoppable. It's um, it's basically a turning point in in. Uh, History. Uh, we are living right in the middle of a very, very important uh, paradigm shift, and um, it's pretty awesome to, to be at the central part, um, at the center of this. Whole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's we're we're actually seeing our ideas. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously, it's not one hundred percent perfect. I mean, Trump is still further to the left than many of us, but we're actually seeing our ideas get a platform and uh, the possibility of actually affecting change, uh, which again is something I don't think any of us ever thought would ever happen. So we should should be should be enjoying it and uh, you know pushing it further. Uh, per- pushing the Overton window further to to the right to to uh, to get what we want to accomplish accomplished. Absolutely, and, uh, and we should never give up. We should uh, keep pushing and pushing. I mean, that that's why the left was so successful because their uh, insane utopia does not really have any uh, realistic uh, chance of ever being realized. So they just keep pushing further and further and destroying uh, Western civilization more and more mm-hmm. as it goes along. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, we should do the same thing, but, but um, the difference between them and us is that our utopia is actually realistically possible. Yeah. Why do you think the... Uh, what's your personal take on why the alt-right and whatnot uh, saw such a huge explosive growth in the past couple of years? And I've got my own theories and such, but we saw basically uh, in the span of about a year and a year to a year and a half, the alt right go from being pretty pretty obscure, you know, you know, we, we were more or less a fringe phenomenon to you know being so, so important enough for a major presidential candidate to spend an entire speech bashing. You know, what's your what's your theory on this? Well, um, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, uh, the the modern left is uh, morally and intellectually bankrupt, and they they don't really tell people. Um, that they, they don't have any explanations or solutions to the problems of the modern world. Uh, for example, immigration, they don't have any solutions. They, 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 they use nice words like integration and uh, we should all get together and get along and so forth. But it's totally unrealistic and it, it's, it's, um, there, there is a huge disconnect uh, between the leftist liberal elite and the and the general populace, because uh, the, the 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 things that they hear from the elite on their uh, mainstream media channels are not really what they uh, experience in their daily lives. Mm-hmm. For example, in Western Europe, we have a huge immigration problem. Um, in the US, we have as well, of course, 
Uh, you have a huge problem with black crime. You have a huge problem with illegal Mexican immigration. Yes. And in Europe, we, we have, well, uh, not, not exact, exactly the same problems, but we, have, we have obviously have a huge migrant crisis going on with uh, rapes, lots of crime, and so forth. And uh, the leftist liberal elite cannot address this, these problems, and they can never solve these problems. And um, they are, in fact, the cause of these problems. And, and, making, and making, they're making them worse. Of course. And um, the only, only movement that actually addresses these problems and provides uh, viable solutions are the real right. Yes. And the old right, the true right, whatever you want to name it, uh, it's, it's a broad movement. And it's, uh, it's gaining ground all over um, the, the white world. Yeah, it's uh, I'm part of my perspective on it is like, yes, it's true that we have the truth on their side, and as hokey as it says, you know, the truth does always win out in the end. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I saw this somewhere else, and I think it's pretty accurate. Um, one of the part of the reason why the alt right has drawn so many uh, young people into its ranks is because, uh, particularly young white men, is because they've been systematically kicked out of the leftist coalition. Saw this uh, five years ago, six years ago with Occupy Wall Street, where the progressive stack basically shunted white males to the, to the bottom of the line. And now leftists have spent all their time just attacking white men, you know, um, you know, whites in general, white men in particular, as the source of all our ills. Um, and even after the election of Trump, which basically it happened in part because a lot of white men just said they, they'd had enough. You know, if you kick someone hard enough, eventually they'll start kicking back. They're doubling down with like with that, like, for example, that MTV video about how white guys suck, etc. So I see, you know, I see, you know, they've kind of demonized a group of people who could very easily have helped them re- retain power uh, and they're going to the alt-right because they have nowhere else to go so now we have that hip energy of you know we're the rebels we're the we're the edgy people who are trying to take down the establishment we're the cool kids now we are actually and, um, yeah you, you can't kind of still my line there because that, that was exa- exactly what i was going to say i mean we 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 now have to quote uh, game five uh we, we, we currently have a monopoly on rebel thinking, and, and um, it's true. I mean, the left is part of the establishment. We are the anti-establishment force, um, the, the only force that can actually save Western civilization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, just... Do you do you do you see us being able to uh, to win? Obviously, I mean we've had lots of lots of victories, you know, in part because uh, the, the left has grown so fat and atrophied in its in its safety that you know we we saw in the past year just trolling them on Twitter would send them into you know hysterics. But eventually, at some point, they're going to toughen up. And also, you know, we haven't won every single victory. For example, the Austrian election. For example, uh, what sort of prospects do you see for the next year or the immediate future in terms of the alt-right and continuing to to win across you know Europe and America and the Western world. Um, I yeah, obviously we're going to keep winning. I mean, we might not win every election, but we will definitely gain a lot of more ground and we'll do much better than in previous elections. And that's the most important thing that the trend is going our way. And um, and maybe we will not win. Uh, every single presidential election or, or uh, national election in, in Europe, but, but uh, we will 
gain more political power and eventually we will rule pretty much every country in Europe <laughs> enough time. and uh, of course it, it's it's also a fight against the clock because I mean we have the demographical situation making this kind of arrogance but uh, but uh, but uh, disregarding that uh, I'm sure we will win in that uh, the, the only question really is how many white lives will be lost on the way, how many European people will have to be sacrificed before we can gain control of our own countries and start turning things back to normal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's going to be a, a difficult struggle, and uh, you know, but we have we have the steely you know re- resolution to win, and we increasingly have the uh, the the numbers and and whatnot. Um, um, perfect transition. I want to talk about it, Daniel. I want to talk a bit about your book, The Real Right Returns. You you want to give an overview of the book and uh, the ideas you d- discuss in it? Of course, of course. Um... You might actually say it's kind of prophetic because it, it was published um, in, in the end of uh, 2015 before the victory of Trump, before Brexit and everything. Um, but, well, to be honest, it, it's not that prophetic. It, I was just kind of analyzing the trends and I knew that we would be winning quite a lot in the future. Um, I, I knew for a fact that Trump was going to win um, as soon as he announced his uh, candidacy. Um, but but um, uh, um, uh, that, that, that's one of the reasons I wrote this book. And um, it's basically a. Um, I mean, I wrote it for a purpose. I, I, I'm kind of tired of all of these authors. And I'm saying this as a publisher with, with f- 15 years of experience in publishing. Uh, Many authors write books for themselves uh, for the sole purpose of just writing about stuff they like. I actually wrote this book with a with a non non selfish purpose. I wrote it because I not because I like writing books, but because I I actually saw the need for for a solid introduction to our ideas for all the numerous. Crowds of new people coming over to our way of thinking, and they need a good primer to kind of get 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 into um, get a basic understanding on of our ideas and so forth. And that's also why I include a, a short uh, um, a short uh, glossary uh, of, of uh, our most important terms and so forth. Um, but um, yeah, the purpose was to write a short easily digested. It's not really heavy material um, intellectually, but, but uh, a short introduction uh, of about 120, 130 pages um, to our vast world of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like the book as a, as a good introduction. You, you do a good job of, of summarizing the issues. And one thing you did that, uh, uh, from, from my experience that a lot of writers in this vein really don't approach is you actually devoted a section of the book on, on gender roles, which I happen to really like. And, uh, you want to elaborate a bit more on your thinking behind adding that section and, and, and your views on, on that sort of thing? Of course. Um, because, uh, many, many people on the right, uh, they, they kind of come over to our side 
because of one single issue, and that's immigration, which is which is natural because that's the main problem. That is the biggest threat to our survival as a civilization and, and to uh, as um, as um, cohesive ethnical groups and so forth. Um, but but um, the the thing that kind of gets lost in this whole process of, of, of uh, awakening people on the immigration issue is all the other topics. Uh, for example, the gender issue. For example, that, that there is a main... That there, there are major differences between men and women. We have different roles to play. Uh, we have uh, different uh, characteristics and so forth. And, uh, and I... I noticed that many people kind of shied away from that topic uh, uh, in some cases out of ignorance and in some cases out of cowardice because they didn't want to kind of... The people on the right are usually kind of scared of turning women away. Yeah. uh, We need to be more appealing to women. Yeah, yeah. We need to bring up more feminine topics uh, because that will be how we're doing no, it will not. Uh, showing strength and being successful is what will win over the our side. And uh, uh, recognizing uh, the differences between the generals are a major part of, of accomplishing that. Um, so I wrote a chapter about differences between generals and, and the recommendations for men and the recommendations for women that were quite different. And um, I was I was kind of expecting uh, a huge uh, shitstorm from various nationalist f- feminist nationalist <laughs> chicks, uh, basically. But but uh, to be honest, um, I've received hundreds of emails on, on the messages um, from primarily women actually who really thanked me for writing this because they totally agree and. They said, "Well, it's about time someone actually brought up to this topic." Yeah, it's uh, it, it's something I think is uh, uh, becoming increasingly important because my observations are. I've been writing in what could I, I just call it this part of the internet because you know the term alt right wasn't used back in two thousand and nine. I've seen all the the sea changes that have that have happened with with around uh, with what's going on. I've seen a lot of people who have entered the alt right in the past year or so, but they. As uh, as my friend the Beckloff put it, they missed the manosphere on that way, and they missed the whole they'll miss the whole generals and traditionalist things. They still have a lot of uh, ideas uh, that they've been clinging to related to to leftism. The main difference is that, as you said, Daniel, they they got into the alt right because of immigration, and these these people need a they need a refresher on sort of just how things are supposed to work. You know, yeah, absolutely. They need um, uh, they need to understand uh, the, the differences between. Genders and so forth, because uh, m- m- many many nationalists, especially in Sweden, which is one of the most cracked nations in the world, uh, or radical left nations, uh, whatever term you prefer. Um, but many nationalists in Sweden are actually like male feminists, basically. They think <laughs> men and women are the same, and uh, uh, they're the only reason that we don't get more women. Uh, attracted to our movement is because we don't bring up more uh, soft female issues. Uh, no, it's not. It's it's totally wrong. And you need to 
go, go some fucking balls and, and, and uh, start acting like men and the women will help. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've made this point myself for a few years. Um, there's always, as you said earlier, Daniel, there's a, there's always a segment of people who's like, well, we need to change to appeal more to women. We need to the blah, blah, blah. In fact, actually, um, at the uh, National Policy Institute conference back in November, I, I talked to a few journalists as a joke who kept you know trying to tease us for the fact that there weren't many uh, that women there. Well, number one, politics is an inherently masculine activity. Number two, fringe politics is even even more masculine. And number three... When you start trying to, you know, water down your message to appeal to women, it just turns people off, uh, allies off in general. Because when you start compromising to, um, it's 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 like you know, in personal relationships, you know, if a you know if a if you if you're a man and you start you know trying to you know defer to your to your woman, she's going to eventually just dis- be disgusted with you, you know. You, um, and in part by not constantly changing its uh, you know views to, to appeal to women, we've seen the right actually grow significantly and gain a lot of uh, young male and female uh, adherents uh, just just on its own so um, talk talk about prophetic in, in, in your case in, in terms of um, in, in terms of how prophetic the real right returns was yeah yeah exactly I mean uh, the, the last conference we had we, we more than doubled the number of participants and we also increased the percentage of women participating and uh, and quite attractive, nice-looking women. <laughs> um, and uh, it was not by catering to female issues. It was by being successful and masculine. Yeah, exactly. It was not by you know, you know, you know, def- deferring to uh, to uh, to to anyone. Um, uh, we're about midway through the program. I think it's a good time for us to take a uh, quick musical break. We'll be back in a few minutes. I'm Matt Forney, and you're listening to This Alt Right Life.
You're listening to This Alt-Right Life with Matt Forney. Welcome back. I'm speaking to Daniel Freeberg, uh, CEO of Arctos and publisher of Right On. Now, uh, Daniel, we're going to divert to talk about uh, something funny that we experienced. A uh, um, couple of days ago, we, your birthday party was uh, here in Budapest. And uh, in addition to um, you know um, our, our local alt-right friends, uh, we had a, a very special guest who was uh, not exactly of our political persuasion. You want to you wanna talk a bit more about this, this special little lady? Um, of course. But, uh, yeah, it was a perfectly nice birthday party, and we, I guess, we were around something people participating there in my fashionable apartment. And um, we, we, we had this American leftist journalist as a special guest. She um, practically, practically begged to be invited, and um, I thought, why not? Why, why not bring something we can? Uh, <coughs> Comedy relief to to the <laughs> to the party and uh, <laughs> and um, well and and uh, I told her yeah sure you can come if if you promise to to drink this time because she she didn't she didn't at all at, at my newest party which she also insisted on uh, attending um, and uh, she did drink quite a lot and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously, um, obviously, I mean, the reason for for including everybody who left this like this girl um, is to to kind of uh, trigger her <laughs> in any possible way, and um, which I did quite successfully to the point where she <laughs> basically turned over my or tried with her meek uh, little arms. Uh, Trying to turn over my 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 living room table, uh, almost starting a fire <laughs> by, because it had candles on it, and uh, I I basically just grabbed her by the arm and told her, "Okay, you're leaving now, yeah. this bitch." Uh, <laughs> and she was like, "No, I'm I'm not leaving. I I refuse to leave." <laughs> I was like. What? <laughs> you don't want to leave. You really want to stay with us, horrible right-wing extremists. Yeah. Yes. And uh, apparently, she really wanted to uh, because she was really insistent, and she refused. I, I was trying basically to push her out of the door, and she was like resisting uh, with all her a little feeble uh, might. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, it was. Lots of fun. Uh, she also pulled my hair, actually. Um, Which was not cool. Not cool at all. Um, <laughs> and I told her, okay, you better, you, you better apologize right now, uh, or you will be cut off completely. Yeah. You will not get any interviews at all. And uh, she apologized confusedly and um, behaved like a nice little girl for the rest of the evening. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I talked to her a bit, and she was. Uh, I actually didn't know she was a leftist journalist when when I talked to her. She just seemed. I, well, I assumed everyone at your party was going to be a, an ally, and uh, and I well, I, I said some things to her that I probably shouldn't have, but uh, well, she was too drunk to remember anything. And <laughs> yeah, um, why did you decide to, to humor this uh, this chick? I mean, I'll 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 admit to some familiarity with her before uh, our mutual friend Melissa Mazeros. 
warned me that she was going to be at the NPI conference uh, in November. I didn't. I don't recall seeing her there or encountering her there. Uh, why did you decide, decide to take this uh, this confused little girl under your wing? Um, for for pure entertainment yeah. purposes, uh, obviously. Um, uh, um, I think it worked out well. Uh, everyone was very happy. With a presence at the end of the evening, uh, it provided uh, some solid entertainment value. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was quite entertaining to uh, to, to watch. Um, now, um, I wanted to uh, go back to a topic we discussed in the first portion of the program, which is the Identitarian Ideas Conference. We should have gotten a bit more detail as to uh, what uh, what was actually going to be featured there. Um, you want to talk about the uh, the speakers that will be at this uh, at this conference and what people can expect? Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, we we've already mentioned you, of course. You will be speaking there. On um, apart from you, we'll have. Uh, that is uh, on location, um, doing live live broadcasts on uh, recording every speech and, and uh, also doing interviews on, on the panel discussions on whatnot in their corner. And um, also Lana Luktaf and, and um, Hanuk um, Pumpkin will give speeches. And um, apart from them, we have uh, Ramsey Paul, we have Greg Johnson, we have um, uh, for, for the European listeners, we have um, um, some pretty familiar names. Don Eriksson, who is uh, the boss of the um, quite, quite uh, successful Scandinavian podcast, Multift, um, along with us to, to uh, co-host uh, Jonas Dier, an old friend of mine, um, a famous Swedish conservative uh, um, um, well, uh, editor and writer and so forth, and, um, and uh, Magnus Söderman, and of course my old colleague John B. Morgan, who's also on the board of artists, and, um, and uh, Jason, we saw your journey, our, our new uh, editor-in-chief, and uh, Konstantin von, von Hofmeister, who might be familiar to some of you. Um, uh, a funny guy, and I'm um, quite creative, and uh, I'm sure his speech will be highly, highly entertaining. And uh, also, um, from Estonia, we have Ruben Kaleb, who's the leader of Blue Awakening, which is the youth movement of the Conservative People's Party. Yeah, he's a great guy. I met him at Amran last year, where he was a speaker. Yeah, he, he is an excellent speaker. I met him at the conference in Warsaw a few months ago, and he was by far the best speaker at the event. And, um, and um, we also have um, some artists, authors, obviously, apart from the ones already mentioned. Uh, Isaac Buman, for example, who um, is uh, the author of the newly released book uh, Money Power. Um, which you can get at the artist.com, Amazon, or pretty much on an online booster. Um, and uh, we're not, we're, we, we, are, we are kind of focusing on trying to make this the, the main alt-right event in Europe. So we have a quite strong European um, uh, 
European uh, peasants among the speakers, or most most of the speakers are from modern Europe. Um, we have the, for example, Fred Hagberg, who's uh, the chairman of the Swedish identitarian activist movement Nordic Youth, and, uh, and um, we we also have um, um, Greg Johnson. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned him already. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, anyways, um, well, he's so good you got to mention him twice. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, it does not need any further introduction. Um, and apart from that, we will have a bunch of other Swedish or Scandinavian speakers. So, and, and uh, we're, not, we're not even done with the speakers list yet. More, more people will. Be it's going to get bigger. It's going to get more beautiful. It's going to be bigly. Big league. <laughs> it's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, another speaker that deserves to be mentioned that is actually mentioned for the first time in this podcast because he's not on the official speakers list is uh, uh, Millennial Boys. Oh, cool! I, I that's a that's a bit of a surprise. Um, I, I met I met him at uh, NPI twenty sixteen. He gave a pretty good speech there. So uh, it's going to be an absolute all star lineup of, uh, of, uh, of 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 the people you care about with great ideas and and those even if you don't know them. You know, I mean, I, I'm not too familiar with a lot of the European names, but I'm looking forward to getting to know them and their work and seeing their speeches. Yeah, and um, and, and most speeches will be in English, so. It will be quite, quite an international event. So yeah. Of course, I will also give some sort of short speech if anyone cares. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure they'll care. Yeah. <laughs> it will probably be awesome. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much. Uh, it sounds like it sounds like fun. Now to sort of uh, again bounce back to something we were discussing in the previous segments. Um, well, we're about less than two weeks away from uh, you know the 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 dawn of the Trump and Reich, the first you know, year of, of the Trump can- of the candidacy. And I think I've noticed a, a lot in the alt right is that uh, some people are sort of getting bullish on him already because he's picked I guess some arguably cuck uh, you know uh, cucky. Uh, cabinet uh you know secretaries and uh, appears to have gone back on according to the mainstream media those that paragon of those paragons of uh, reliability and trustworthiness um they're going back on promises uh daniel how, how do you see the um, we talked about how the alt-right will will affect but how do you see say the the the, the uh, trump administration or the uh the other uh, nationalist administrations uh, going do you think they're going to uh, go back on their their uh, their promises or or are they going to fail? Are they going to succeed? What do you see happening? Well, obviously, Trump has a pretty difficult battle ahead of him. I mean, he, not only um, does he have to fight uh, against uh, the traitors within his own party, he also has uh, the mainstream media to deal with, um, and uh, also the, the big money, big bankers, uh, and so forth. And um, so he will, he will have a difficult battle, and he will need to make some compromises, obviously. But I seriously doubt that he will go back on his main campaign promises. For example, building the wall. I mean, even though he didn't even take office yet, I mean, we're still about 10, 10, 10, 10 days, 11, 12 days. Yeah. Uh, from that. But, but uh, he still started preparing 
for, for getting funding for, for building this wall. So that will be built. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that, that, was, that was kind of the most important campaign promise. And uh, I do believe that, that he will uh, keep his other most important campaign promises. Um, but of course, he might might need to do some compromises to, to get things through because he, yeah, that's inevitable. He is facing uh, a massive opposition that is pretty much uh, um, unheard of in, in American history. I guess uh, I don't think any president ever faced this much much opposition. But, uh, Trump yeah, is yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm. I'm looking at it from the perspective of, you know, I'm going to give the guy, uh, you know, I'll wait until he's actually in office and has actually done some stuff before I cast judgment. I think a lot of people on the alt-right are just so used to being on the losing side that, like, they're looking for the they're, – they're trying to avoid the silver lining in the cloud, as it were. I mean, from my perspective, I, you know, if um, – and from my observations reporting on the election, uh, you know, Trump has, you know, harnessed a uh, massive nationalist uh, groundswell in American, uh, Amer- the American population, but he can lose it just as easily if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't adhere to what he, what he said he was going to do. Um, uh, and plus from the perspective of his ego and his own personal legacy, you know, if, uh, if he accomplishes just a tenth of what he said he'd do, he'll go down as one of the greatest presidents in American history and probably one of the greater, the greatest leaders in, in this epoch of, of history. Whereas if he fails, he'll be remembered as a charlatan, a liar, you know, possibly hated just as much as Obama or worse. So, you know, it, it, it benefits him to actually, you know, you know, be on our side and it benefits if it's uh, if it's his legacy to actually do what he said he was going to do, so his uh, his own self interest is uh, you know tied up in actually accomplishing what he said he'd do for the American people. <clears throat> Absolutely, and um, 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 I mean I might be an idealist, but I actually do believe that, that Trump uh, is is honest in his uh, in his in his. Uh, Sentiment, the sentiments uh, that they actually care for the American people and they want to make America great again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's actually perfectly true. Um, I don't think this is just some sort of ego trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe that he wants to 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 pretty much save America because that is what it's about right now. I mean, mm-hmm. With Hillary, America would be totally totally lost. Obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I'm in Budapest now. I was, I mean, this sounds a little paranoid, but, you know, in the event of a Hillary victory, I was prepared to get out of the country as soon as possible because she was already talking about how Infowars and places like Breitbart had no right to exist. She attacked the all right in the speech, you know. We would have been a serious threat in a, in a Hillary presidency. You know, she she wanted to obviously clamp down on all the sense. So um, just, uh, just on that aspect alone of keeping her out of office, we dodged a major bullet by electing Trump. Absolutely, and um, the the left's uh, response to this globally, I mean, it's not only in the U.S., although maybe it originated there, uh, but it's been picked up by, by uh, uh, Swedish, uh, German, uh, Germans as well, um, French probably as well, um, all over Western Europe, this new kind of um, Vienna, uh myth of fake news countering fake news, so-called fake news, um, which is pretty much um, clamping down and censoring alternative media outlets. Yeah. Actually, speaks to truth. 
Yeah, it's actually developed into something resembling a moral panic. It's like, oh, fake news here, fake news there. And uh, as we saw, like, for, for example, uh, uh, the, uh, the the Pizzagate thing where uh, in order to discredit the Pizzagate investigation, there, there was a false flag sent with this gunman to, to the to the pizza shop in uh, northwestern D.C., you know, and uh, I mean – it's uh, they're pretty seriously uh, obviously afraid of us you know um, I think in part of the reason why they didn't gear it up until after the election uh, like for example the Twitter purge of me Richard Spencer uh, Pax Dickinson and a lot of other alt-right accounts after the election they seriously did believe their own bullshit they seriously did think Hillary was going to win the polls were going to go their way and when when reality hit them in the face you know they just had a collective freak out so right now they're trying to close ranks to ensure in 2020 or when Whenever, uh, what we did last year can't be done again. Um, absolutely. And, um, yeah, uh, uh, the, the, this is a real threat, obviously, but uh, I don't think they will succeed at all. Um, it's too late. Uh, it's, I mean, alternative media is winning so much uh, ground that it's kind of unstoppable. I mean, if Twitter and Facebook uh, starts censoring conservative and nationalist uh, media outlets like Breitbart, for example, um, it it will be to their detriment. It will probably only help our media's. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like the balloon effect. You know, if you squeeze it in one spot, you know, it explodes somewhere else, or the you know the Streisand effect. Um, the attempts to censor truth, basically, in the past year, the from Twitter and whatnot, just you know helped keep it come uh, help helped it spread even even more. And uh, we're we're at an age where uh, basic we're at a point where the gatekeepers of of information don't have any true power anymore. Um, to, to sort of uh, uh, we're nearing the end of the program. But uh, Daniel, you want to talk about several of uh, Arctos's other upcoming projects? Uh, you want to you want to elaborate on what else uh, Arctos will be doing in the the current year? In the current year, yes, I definitely want to talk about that. Um, well, um, our one of our New Year's resolutions um, uh, is to, to to publish more books in 2017 than we did in the previous year, uh, which will mean approximately between 30 and 40 new titles and more high-profile titles than ever before. Um, the first step is um, publishing three brand new titles by uh, the Russian philosopher Alexander Dugin, who's been quite, quite uh, popular in the liberal media recently, considering um, <laughs> the, the, the whole Russian, uh, Russian hacking um, scam uh, that the uh, liberals tried to, to use against Trump and, um, and uh, also the fact that he's a great thinker and one of our best-selling authors uh, we are setting out to publish three new books by him in the first quarter of 2017 which means well within three months um, and, and we are actually Organizing a Kickstarter for uh, towards financing these translations, and uh, the titles are as follows: um, "The Rise of the Fourth, Fourth Political Theory," which is a follow-up, uh, a, se- a sequel to, to his best-selling book, uh, "The Fourth Political Theory." Um, second one is uh, "Ethno Sociology: The Foundations." 
which is a systematic presentation of the main principles and analytic strategies of the discipline of ethnosociology, uh, which is considered as an independent part of sociology based on the study of the transformations of societies from the simplest ethnic groups to complex, complex contemporary social systems and so forth. And uh, the third one is uh, Ethnos and Society, uh, which is pretty much a follow-up to, to Ethnosociology, um, which you could basically view as, as like um, a combination of uh, sociology and, and uh, well, ethnicity or race, whatever term you prefer. And um, um, the, uh, there will be a link to this Kickstarter. In, yes. In the to this yeah, links show. to all this information can be found in the post uh, the, containing this podcast or in the description if you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes or whatever. Um, anything else you, you want to bring up? Um, yeah, we have a, another, actually we have two more upcoming books by our um, maybe most famous author, Gian Pai. Um, the the next upcoming book will be uh, the, um, the the global world coup, um, which will be coming out uh, within the first uh, four or five months or so of twenty seventeen. And the second one will be controversy on society, which is his very latest book that has not even been published in French yet. So yeah, those are basically our five most high-profile books, except for, of course, the books we, we've been mentioning before and we just started on even uh, last year, um, the, the magnum opus of Alain de Benoit, uh, You from the Right, which will be published in three different volumes. The first volume will be coming out in the first uh, couple of months of this year, and then uh, the next two volumes will be published uh, throughout the year. So, yeah, those, those are the most important titles. It sounds like fantastic stuff, uh, interesting stuff. Uh, and I encourage everyone listening to this to go and buy those books and maybe buy a second copy and give them to your, give them to your friends and whatnot, you know buy everything Arctos provides it's uh, they're they're a great company and uh, that puts out a lot of great work and I'm not just saying this because the CEO is uh, in front of me but uh, uh, it does help uh, you know check that all out uh, we're at the end of the program uh, Daniel are there any other topics you want to bring out before we close out the show um, nothing nothing much except uh, support our Kickstarter and uh, get your tickets to Identitarian Ideas on uh, the 25th of February. I guess the uh, tickets are quickly running out. We are down to, to less than 100 tickets remaining. So uh, go to writeon.net or uh, artist.com or mopul.nu and, and uh, click on the link and get your tickets to make sure to, to be able to attend. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you, you better attend, especially since I'm there. I'm going to be there. But anyway, I've been talking to Daniel Freeberg. You can uh, check out uh, Arctos and uh, all of Arctos's wonderful products at uh, arctos.com. Um, obviously, he's the publisher of the real uh, of uh, 
of Write On, uh, which you are listening to, in case you somehow found this elsewhere, just click check out writeon.net. Um, if you are if you speak Swedish, check out uh, mutpol.nu for uh, mutpol, the uh, Swedish think tank. You can follow Daniel on Twitter at twitter.com slash Daniel Freeberg. He's also on Gab. Um, I don't have the uh, the link in front of me because uh, because Gab will not load up, but uh, there will be a link to that in the post containing this this podcast and daniel's also the author of the real right returns available from arctos or amazon and other fine uh booksellers uh, also check out identitarian ideas next month and uh and all this other and all this other stuff it's a uh, great stuff uh daniel thank you once again for coming on the program thank you and that was Daniel Freeberg, and that will conclude this episode of This Alt-Right Life. I'll be back next week. Until then, I invite you to check out our website, writeon.net, for our latest articles, podcasts, and videos. You can also check out my personal blog at mattforney.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the show, please share it on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. If you're listening via SoundCloud, please like the show by hitting the heart icon in the player. You can also repost it to your accounts by hitting the repost button. Subscribe via SoundCloud. Go to soundcloud.com slash radio. If you're listening via YouTube, please like the show by hitting the thumbs up icon below the player. You can also subscribe via Stitcher and the iTunes Store. And finally, if you are listening via the iTunes Store, please take your time to rate the podcast, which will increase its visibility and allow the good gospel, the alternative right, and the European new right to reach more people. This alt-right life is presented by Chloe Love and David Serini. Check them out on the web at chloelove.com and serestheworld.com. The show also features music by Winglord. Illegitimate non-carborundum, don't the bastards grind you down. I'm Matt Forney. Thanks for listening. I'm out.